You're listening to a Galactic Network podcast. For more, go to GNCast.com. We are the Elsers. And welcome to Else Nerds, a production of Galactic Network. I'm Gregor Sprague, and joining me is Corey Scott. And real quick before we get started, um, for all info on this show, including show notes and subscription links, go to elsenerds.com. And for other Galactic Network programs, go to gncasts.com. And on Else Nerds, we tend to shoot our mouths off without thinking, so we will both spoil things and swear liberally. You have been warned. And Elsners is, is part of a Sinclair affiliate, so <laughs> all the news is suspect, and I'm being held against my will. <laughs> the only thing I liked about Sinclair Media Group was the fact that they own Ring of Honor, a wrestling promotion based out of New Jersey, I believe. Basically, like where a lot of the the, as they call them, the indie darlings are in there before they you know go to the WWE. And the one part I never liked is the fact that their audio quality just was so shit. Like and it, like and they got big name wrestlers in there right now and I'm just like, come on, you couldn't make it better. But yeah, that, so like I got to see their show every Saturday night because the My Network TV out of Battle Creek, I think, was affiliated or was owned by Sinclair Media Group. Then all of a sudden we lost it. I'm like, what the hell? And then it became underneath the Lansing Fox affiliate. Like, wait, what? what huh? Okay, what's going on here? I looked up Sinclair Media to see if they have anything that plays local out here to kind of like check in on my news stations. It, it was more important to me, not so much which ones do they, they own out here, but to make sure that they don't own or affiliate with the, the news station that I do watch, which is a local station in San Francisco. And I, I don't think that they're really popular in the Bay Area anyways. <laughs> their, yeah. their views would not really fly out in these parts. Uh, but they do seem to have a lot of the me TV stations, I think, are, are from Sinclair, which is fine. The content is is different. It's you worry about whether or not the news sources are trustworthy or if they're coming at you from a bias. But you should probably be worrying about that no matter what station you're watching. Anytime you're watching the news, if it's something that's really important to you, Check sources. Look around to see if you can find other things that confirm or deny it, and and make sure that those places that you're looking at are trustworthy and not just your uncle reposting from inside a prison where he belongs. You belong <laughs> there, and we all agreed. Okay. So here's here's honestly the one that gets me. They own and operate the TV network Comet. I don't know if you've ever seen comet if you have it in your area i've really only seen it up north when i've been you know vacationing up in the north uh, the upper peninsula or you know like that half of the you know the great state of michigan but they play a lot of science fiction shows on there they play mystery science uh, theater 3000 like it's uh cops over on g4 and it's just and i'm like hey this is a fun little thing and they have a free app on the roku where you can watch watch it live and all that but i just don't think it has news or anything like that i think it's just here you go here's like 
you know, Jericho but and all this other stuff. Do you think they're playing episodes of Mystery Science Theater 3000 because they're identifying with uh, TV's Frank and the the doctor guy because they're holding the other people hostage? Is that what? <laughs> I have no idea, honestly. Oh, wow. Here, I just f- found. Yeah, so like the only one in Michigan now, honestly, is Traverse City Cadillac. Oh, no, no, hold on, hold on. There's Grand Rapids, Kalamazoo, Battle Creek. This is probably a sidestep that we didn't need to take. I yeah. didn't mean to. No, yeah, definitely. But yeah, so let's, let's just jump into the news. The first bit of news is that FX has ordered Why the Last Man pilot and Michael Green, a producer, I think he's just a producer for American Gods, and Luke Cage's Ada Mashaka Kroll are set to be the showrunners. Now, for those of you guys who do not know, Why the Last Man is a Vertigo, or it was a Vertigo series back in 2002 when it debuted, uh, written by Brian K. Vaughn with art by Pia Guerra. I want to say Pia, but I don't know for sure. It's one of these shows, or one of these books that is definitely on my list of things I want to read. It was a maxi series. Yeah. Uh, meaning that it had a beginning, middle, and end. It, I think it was always treated as they knew where the ending was going to be. They had a plot as to how long, roughly, it was going to take. Yeah, it, it wasn't something that was like meant to last forever, like a Superman or a Batman book. And it came out pretty much monthly for the first fifty-five issues, and then the last five issues, it went to a bi-monthly format to to allow them the time to finish up. But for that six years, uh, it told a whole story. The 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 story of it is this guy, Yorick, wakes up one day and finds that he is the last man on Earth. All of the men have, have, I guess, died or disappeared. Only women are left. The only other male creature on the planet is his monkey. Ampersand, I think, is the name of the monkey. Yep. And he is trying to get to Australia where his girlfriend Beth is. That That is the story. As he wakes up, the whole earth is in chaos, and all he wants to do is get to his girlfriend slash fiance. And along the way, the, the different people that he meets, there's a government agent, uh, Agent 355, who becomes his bodyguard to help him. There's a, a doctor who's trying to discover the cause of the plague. Who's helping him? Uh, things, of course, happen along that way. It's a sixty-issue thing, but it makes a really great idea for a TV series. One of the things we talked about last week with Jackie Hearn was the amount of strong female characters, and not strong like physically strong necessarily, but driven characters who have their own identities and have their own agency in Black Panther, and. This is a story that has tons of female characters, even though the main character technically is this guy. So there's a lot of room to to express a lot of characters and directions with a, a bunch of actresses, which is exciting. But it's also, I mean, this was a really good book. It was well done. It was Brian K. Vaughn still pretty early into the Brian K. Vaughn movement of uh, we hadn't seen him do SAG yet. I don't think we'd seen him do Runaways yet. He had done this and Ex Machina 
which was not a superhero book necessarily, but it was a book about a superpowered person who becomes the, I think, the mayor of New York. And after stopping one of the planes from hitting the towers in 9-11. So there's a lot to this. Yeah, so with on my side of things here, uh, with, with Why the Last Man, I started to read it. But then it was like, okay, new comics came out and I had to put it on the back burner and stuff. New Line had secured the rights, you know, a long time Yeah, this has been in development hell for a long time, which is interesting because one of the people working on it now is a person who worked on American Gods, which also had gone through development hell for a long time. Yeah. And I had uh, a friend on Facebook, when they posted about this today, say, yeah, I'll believe it when I see it. And I said, well, maybe this person has that secret sauce that it takes to make this happen because American gods happened. Perhaps this is that time. But I, I don't even think it's that so much is that people used to be making content for specific networks and there was only so much. We're seeing such a grab for content now that it feels like this ha- has to happen because yeah. there's just so much space to fill. I mean, it's... Got it. It's weird to say because the last movie attempt was back in 2013 with Dan Trachtenberg, um, the director of 10 Cloverfield Lane, and a man that I might as well just say as well is totally rad. But and then it fell apart. Like I think he was working on uh, you know helping writing the script because this is one of those like I remember him talking about this you know on Twitter and stuff as you know he's a big fan of why the last man you know they've taught they talked about it a couple times on trs back in the you know in the totally rat show days and so i mean you know i would i'll I'll put it this way i would love to see dan trachtenberg direct you know multiple episodes of the tv show if it gets picked up and i think the big part here is because this is during the television critics association winter press event back in january um fx ceo john Landgriff gave you know uh, gave this quote here that I'm going to read about you know why they picked this, um, and he says we feel pretty optimistic, not quite at a final decision point, but we got a script I really like, a draft we really like recently. Michael is available because he's not in, involved in American Gods anymore. It's sort of like those things. Like here, I mean, you know, he's got the people that you know he he knows there is going to be you know is going to deliver good things because they've already delivered good things. Brian K. Vaughn and Pia Guerra are still attached to this. They're going to be, um, you know, executive producing this. I'm excited for this, you know, because, you know, like I said, I haven't read the comic book. I, I will probably end up picking up, you know, pick up the comic book and read it, you know, later on. But I mean, you know, seeing great content on the TVs, that's all, that's all I want. Yeah, the the only things that I'm concerned about are post-apocalyptic world stuff. Those types of of shows are they were popular. They were more popular for a while. We've had The Walking Dead for a few years. We've had now Fear the Walking Dead. If you go backwards, we had Lost, which Brian K. Vaughn I think actually worked on some. Yep. We had The Leftovers on HBO recently. There's there's a new show that just started on ABC this last week with all the people coming back in time from 
from the future where they they were trying to get away from this war that happened and it's and they show up and they're like hey you know they come floating up in the water uh in the ocean some girl separated from her mom so i guess mom didn't make it and it looks like it's abc's next lost after how many times they've tried after lost and during lost to get another lost and it just doesn't take off and and the review that i read of the show was it's pretty good you shouldn't watch it because <laughs> because it's hard to dedicate yourself into this type of show uh one because so many of them don't know where they're going before they're done and and so they they start out pretty strong and then it just kind of meanders for several seasons until they they get to the end and that's if they get to the end because so many of these the other top? shows yeah okay but so many other shows that abc has done like the v revival mm -hmm. and uh, a few other ones they just don't go anywhere they just stop they get to the end of their season or their second season and then they just stop in the middle and you're left with a cliffhanger forever and while this isn't on abc there's been plenty of tries of this on nbc and on other stations and stuff you're looking to dedicate yourself to a show, but you want to know that, that show has the dedication from the people who are making it. And if not enough people watch it at the beginning, you you kind of hope they'll still keep putting it out so that an audience can find it or it never fucking happens and it just falls apart. And so you feel like I wasted this many hours and, and this many seasons trying to see this thing to the end and then they won't give me the end. Th that's why... The, the crappier content of, of something like a, a sitcom is easy for people to watch. Uh, a drama is harder for people to watch, but a drama with an outarching story that really you need to get these reveals, they have to happen in such and such time to, to a big finale. That's like, that's a huge thing to try to make work. And I think an HBO can get away with that. Uh, although they've they've dropped shows before that that didn't perform, maybe FX can get away with that, but it's going to be a, a big if. The only thing this has going for it is that it it has begun and ended in the comics. So as long as people aren't going to watch it and be disappointed that they know the story is going to end a certain way, or be okay with Fox changing it if they wind up doing that. Uh, to be something different from what the comics are, to keep people from just rewatching stuff that they've already read in the books. That's going to be the big tough call. Yeah. I personally think that it's one of those, like, this does show promise, but at the same time, like, because you are right. I mean, because there's even, I think, from on, even on the comic book side with like their post apocalyptic stuff, I think even like uh, Revival, I think even yeah. that has, has a TV deal. Or you know, it's like been being chopped around for to go to go out TVs and or TV shows and stuff like that. With a drama, I I have to have for for me to watch a drama, stick with a drama, it has to hit a point where I'll, I'll, I'll give you a perfect example. TV show like Revolution. You know, I I looked at that premise. Oh, this is a, a post apocalyptic world where you know, um, it's it's America without power you know, like, like electricity and we're trying to re you know, redo or, you know, turn back on the electricity and all that. Um, and some people are not wanting to, because they like the new position that they're in. That to me seems like a one or two season done thing. But then when they, 
get done with season one and oh hey we turned on the power well then where do you go from there jackass i mean your whole premise was oh we are without power we're trying to (laughs) yes be exactly so it's puerto rico without nasty women but yeah so i mean it's one of those like i see why the last man if if they rush through the show like um with the premise and stuff then they could sort of pigeonhole where they're at but i definitely agree like much like the comic they need to have it set you know a plan set out for how long they're going to go like is this a a three season show a four season show are we going to do 10 seasons and you know in the middle four are just going to suck it was a 60 issue series so if you break that down 12 issues could equal a season and that's five seasons uh, yeah. That would be pretty good, and yeah. and and certainly I think going for brevity and and twelve issues equaling the season doesn't necessarily mean twelve hours. It could be uh, eight episodes a season to ten episodes a season if they need to stretch it out a little bit. Uh, but the succinct seasons, which is something that I think FX does usually anyways, makes it a little more palatable. Uh, it keeps the cost down because you're not paying to produce a twenty-two episode season, and you you get the people who are excited for it, get into it, watch it, you know, and don't burn out halfway point. Yeah. And it's well, just so- you have to get them back for season two, season three, season four. And if all this stuff is in the comics that we already have a blueprint, the comic never really sucked. Mm-hmm. Uh, it had fans that stuck around with it the whole way through. It was a long time to dedicate themselves to reading it. So some people went to reading it in the trades instead of buying the single issues. Yeah. But it's still it, it got to its ending point, which is still a big deal for a comic series. Uh, even then, I think it's going to really depend on who the lead actor is. Yeah. So because I'll, I'll that guy it, has to be charming as shit. Oh yeah, definitely. And, and I'll put it to you this way. Another post-apocalyptic comic book turned into cartoon show or cartoon show TV show, the walking dead, you know, right now with where they're at, you know, I've, cause I've been, that's another show I've sort of not really given up on, but, I haven't watched since their mid-season break. So I didn't see them kill Carl and, oh, is Carl still alive? And Carl, 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 and all that stuff. But with where they're at in, you know, in relation to the comic books, and I know we're going to get people going, well, they're not the same. They use the comic book as the guideline. Otherwise, you end up with Fear of the Walking Dead. And I didn't make it past the pilot. And I'm a big Walking Dead fan. I love the comic. I still read the comic book and all that. I've only taken a break because, you know, the TV show, because it's just like there's so much going on at once, you know, so much TV and, you know, other life stuff that is going on at once. But with where they're at, you know, comparing it to the comic book, they're not that far from from reaching a Game of Thrones moment where they're going to surpass what is going on in the comic books. In all honesty, they are two years behind the comic book. You know, so so what? Twenty four issues. Yeah, but the comic book doesn't have seasonal breaks, and they can always stretch something out more in the in the series to make it take longer uh, as the comic moves forward. But you're you're hitting on something, which is the comic book is now in the hundred and forty issues range. Hundred fifty, uh, almost one fifty. Yeah, yeah, one fifty. So not succinct, 
So that that's part of why the series feels like it it's run way too long for me. Uh, <laughs> why I dropped out a couple seasons ago. It and still don't feel like we're seeing any kind of leading to an ending point. The last that I looked, it it's just the continuing story of Rick not knowing if he's a good guy or a bad guy this week. Yeah, uh, and who's who's the new governor? Yeah. So I I completely lost interest in that, and that that's part of the issue, is too many issues. 150 comic issues so far. The comic's mm-hmm. not in any danger of ending soon, uh, or at least it's not been announced that it's ending soon. And so the TV series is also announced as ending soon. It's just how long can this shit go on? Yeah. If, if I remember correctly, I remember hearing Kirkman say he has an endpoint and I you know he has an ending idea in mind. I think it's just we are working our way to getting towards there. But again, I mean, no one's going to really know until, unless it's actually the only people who are going to know are Robert Kirkman and Charlie Adler, you know, because they're the writer and artists, you know, co-creators of this comic book. The next bit of news is, Corey, have you ever heard of this Carl Urban actor? He, you might have last seen him playing, um, oh, Fuck, I was going to make the joke of uh, from Thor Ragnarok. He played, I, I can't think of the name of the character. Um, I can't think of the name of the character either. That's <laughs> strange. It didn't matter. He was cool. He was great. Yeah, he was cool. I loved him in it, but God, what was the name? Also from the Star Trek movies, he's been playing Bones. Yes. Uh, one of my favorite things that he's done was that almost human TV series that Fox fucking killed. And as Beat's pointing out, another great one was Dread. Carl Urban's been in a lot of stuff. Yeah. And I have yet to see him in something where he isn't awesome. Thank you. He is really, really great. And so Carl Urban is signed on to star in the Amazon superhero drama series, The Boys, based off of the comic book by Garth Ennis, uh, who people might know his other uh, property, Preacher, that is out on. AMC. AMC right now. And uh, Derek Robertson, Derek Robertson, co-creator of The Boys, longtime comic artist, really great guy, actually. And this is exciting because we've been seeing announcements of people who are going to be in The Boys. We know that uh, Jack Quaid, who is from the Hunger Games movies, is playing Huey. We know that Karen Fukuhara is playing the female. Karen was from, well, she played Katana. In Suicide Squad. So we've heard way too much dialogue from her already. (laughs) (laughs) She's going to be playing a moody, quiet character in this too. Uh, I think she might be getting typecast. Uh, Aaron Moriarty is playing Annie January, uh, who is a young superhero, superheroine who joins up with the premier superhero team and then finds out that they're all horrible people. Uh, and yeah. the boys is basically this group uh, led by Urban's character of the butcher, Billy Butcher. Billy Butcher leads the boys and they recruit Huey to be a part of them. And they basically they keep the superheroes in check. They will go and beat the shit out of them if they get out of line. That is kind of the crux of what the comic is about. Yeah. And this is another long running series. It started out in Wildstorm Comics and then went over to Dynamite after its first six issue because Wildstorm 
dissipated and was 72 issues came out monthly did have a couple of spin-off series that uh happened but for the most part very much self-contained beginning middle end that kind of thing that you want to see another maxi series and yeah. terrific stuff absolutely over the top kind of out of line shit that you expect if you've watched preacher if you've read anything by garth ennis uh his stuff is just always gonna offend somebody or everybody and that's kind of the fun thing about it i could not be more excited to see urban's name pop up with this no yeah i mean it's because again i'm coming at this more from the opposite side from the um you know i haven't read the boys garth ennis i get you know i have to sort of pick the books from him you know like like i respect the work that he has done but at the same time it's not you know like oh my gosh new you know garth ennis book is out i'm gonna i gotta go get it because it's always like 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 the last one i think i read was uh or tried to get into was six pack and dog wielder hard hard traveling heroes and i'm like which is a spinoff essentially of his hitman series so that's a weird one to me to try to get into because it's it 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 was a modern continuation of a character that was from 15 20 years ago that was already a weird character and spun out from something that was much more popular and that that book doesn't exist anymore yeah although because hitman is a great book to read because ennis and mccray was were very solid on that yeah and but like i remember because getting into that book because they were in something else you know just before that the uh, dog wielder and six pack yes six pack and dog wielder were in something else at the same time i think it was in all-star sectional or all-star section eight Um, yeah that sounds right yeah which oh okay which i feel like an asshole now because the artist on there john mccray two weeks ago was in my comic book shop and really yeah and i was like I feel like I should know who this guy is. And, but I'm sitting there looking. Dude's cool. Like the dude is cool. And like they, there was some other, other people there who, was, who were, you know, got some stuff signed. And I'm just like, the name sounds familiar. Who and I, I was about to be like, Corey, who is John McCray? <laughs> um, but yeah, that's uh, I, I would have told you that he did my little pony comics. <laughs> well, they were they were ever they like they had all the uh, Mars Attack stuff. So I'm like, okay, he, he must have done Mars Attacks because like all the stuff right there he probably came from doing stuff like that too because yeah. it's weird it, it's out of it's it's out of bounds it's good stuff yeah. uh anyways so this show is being showrun by supernatural creator eric cripple cripple kripke kripke sure and uh seth rogan and evan goldberg who both work on preacher are going to directing the the Wait, i guess you the, mean, at least the premiere so wouldn't this be technically a netflix thing because netflix bought the rights to uh seth rogan uh not if the rights were already sold to amazon yeah i know <laughs> here's the problem if you're a hollywood whore uh you get around a little bit rogan <laughs> everybody's yeah. had them everybody's been in them it smells a little bit like uh, I don't know. Like pot. I was gonna say something. No, yeah. I was. Actually, <laughs> like, I was gonna say like a Franco, but still. Um, 
but yeah i mean it's got gosh it's got people who's worked on like everything so you've got neil m or neil h moritz uh from prison break um all on the production side ori marmur from preacher pavun shitty from shetty not shitty shetty from new girl and james weaver of rogan and goldberg's point uh point gray pictures garth ennis and Derek robertson are also on board as co-executive producers and i mean so it's like yeah you've got like looking at the producers there you got producers of drama you know drama with some comedy you know sitcom comedy well mo- uh single cam sitcom comedy with uh new girl and then you know rogan and goldberg who do the run the gambit of everything and the other nice thing is that urban uh it says here in the article it reminds us that he also played yomer in the second and third lord of the rings pictures which is perfect because amazon's doing some bullshit with lord of the rings so he's For right there all if they wanna, the money in the world if if they if they want to repeat everything in in even more of a way they can because uh you know that's what they're gonna do we yep. just need to see the lord of the rings done again already <laughs> yeah and, and make it longer yes please extend it even longer <laughs> pricks uh yeah but anyway this is fun i'm excited yeah. for this oh yeah definitely the next bit of news is that del toro signs an overall deal with fox searchlight now let's do something before we get into this article let's not mention the mouse let's not mention that possible deal the the fact that he signed a deal with a company that might not be its own company yes sure exactly let's let's look at this for what it is because fox searchlight for those of you guys who do not know is typically the indie movies um banner for fox no no indie movies are owned by that company that you said that we can't mention true but so whenever you look at like I'm, I'm trying to think how to explain this because fox searchlight pictures are the lower budget movies or the movies that wouldn't necessarily fit underneath the fox the like the proper fox banner and you know and as beat is pointing out uh fox searchlight put out the oscar winning uh winner shape of water um they also have done i th- i think all of all of Wes Anderson's uh, stuff, including the new one, um, Isle of Dogs, which looks amazing as a side note. But but yeah, this overall deal with Guillermo del Toro is actually really interesting because he's, I mean, he he's been all over the place, you know. Because I believe Hellboy was with Universal, I think, or no, I think it was New Line. I think I think it was I think it was New Line, and then um, you had the first uh, Pacific Rim that he directed that was with legendary and uh, so he's been all, all all over and so i mean to have the you know to now have him boom it, oh and it, it was columbia oh columbia yeah and beat is point, giving a link to the movies that fox searchlight has out there in theaters right now you got three billboards shape of water and isle of dogs coming soon you have super troopers 2 um, and some others, and then there's a whole bunch of available to own. But yeah, it's they're typically movies that you can consider for looking at what Fox Searchlight does. Movies that are Oscar bait and or independent movies. 
you know, like these small budget movies that, you know, they wouldn't really lose a lot of money on. Well, one of the things that I was going to point out is with Guillermo del Toro, he's not really someone who works on remakes of stuff. Uh, yeah. he, he has done adaptations of comics to film. He was working famously on the Justice League Dark movie, but has moved away from it. He at one point was going to be working on The Hobbit and stepped away from it. So Peter Jackson came back on board for it. But for the most part, everything he's done has been original stuff. And certainly with the success of The Shape of Water, it seems like this is the kind of deal that's going to allow him to keep doing original stuff as opposed to oh yeah now we want you to come and do this other thing for us and you know like please do suicide squad three with uh more joker and more everything else that's also joker yeah i'm really excited for this for a creator who has a very distinct vision and can express himself well in film and story. I haven't seen The Shape of Water yet. I'm very interested in it. I know that it's not for everybody, uh, even as an Oscar-winning film. Uh, I know a lot of people are just like, oh, the, the Sex with the Fish movie. <laughs> like, sure. But I think this is probably a good matchup. And it, he's got a good working relationship with them, and they want to keep him happy and keep him around. It's smart. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're honestly onto it right there with all that. I, oh God, this doesn't show the production companies. Sorry, I'm trying to figure out, you know, like all the, you know, where he's done stuff and all and all that. But I mean, you know, you're you're right, and it's, I really do like that as an idea. And oh, he directed Blade Two, um, yeah, which I got to say, I I love Blade Two. I mean, that was, you know, for being what it was at the time, that's you know, a great movie. In my opinion, it's the best of the Blade movies. Yeah. Also has Ron Perlman in it, which is part of the reason why it, I think that their relationship works so well. Yeah. I, you're completely right with the whole, you know, why they're doing this because it's, I mean, we're getting that now with an article we're going to talk about later. Like everyone's trying to lock down these creators, you know, like, like um, also like how Netflix made the joke for April Fools where they acquired Seth Rogen. We're not that far off from this you know from the all right now now uh now guillermo come here come here guillermo you're gonna live here in our in our fox searchlight house and we're going to do all these things to explore your mind to get these ideas for movies that you know we could possibly do and all that but it's you know it's like like i can't complain for you know him doing this Imagine you're you're a, a storyteller or an artist or or just just a creative in general, mm -hmm. and you wake up every day and for years it's like I'm going to get up, I'm going to put my time into making my art, I'm I'm going to hope to find an audience, I'm going to hope to to be able to pay for my my home and for my family's food and these things. And every day you get up and you struggle and you you work other jobs to to support them as well when when you hit the lean times. You, you do things to try to prove yourself as an artist by working on other people's stuff that they request of you, but it's never the fulfilling thing that you want it to be. And then somebody finally says, I believe in you. Yeah. And, you know, we're going to bankroll you so every day you can wake up and make your art and not have to worry about 
paying these bills and making a living and all this other stuff. This is now you're living that that's a wonderful thing for a creator to have happen to them. And that's, that's what we want to see for someone who's as much of a visionary as Gil, Gilmer, Guillermo, as this guy is. Uh, <laughs> <cannot> <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to read his name as I'm saying it. And it just all those letters. It's too much. Yeah. No. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and uh, trust me, I get it. Um, but yeah, and, and as as beat has been posting as we've been talking he's been posting all these really great movies um and not even hitting the top of the list of like movies that i've loved like it's one of these things like i'm realizing now that a lot of the movies that i've loved as a kid you know as i'd say probably from 11 to 20 actually pro probably 25 no till now i'll, I'll go to now have been fox searchlight movies you know like like juno i love juno napoleon dynamite that was big you know i love napoleon dynamite along with like everyone else one hour photo highly underrated robin williams movie the ringer i liked it at a time at, at the time but now it's like eh, it's johnny knoxville <laughs> what's wrong but with johnny knoxville i like johnny knoxville fine i don't like all his stuff but i got nothing against the guy yeah i mean this is a brilliant move on Fox Searchlight's thing. Now, let's we will we should probably also mention the mouse in the room because this could end up working out brilliantly for Disney if the deal goes through. You know, if this deal goes through and they acquire Fox because Fox Searchlight is underneath the the what they would acquire. So, but I would also think it would be under Fo Disney's better interest to not mess with Fox Searchlight. The the question of the deal is when they acquire, if they acquire Fox, do all the deals that Fox have stay in motion? Do yeah, do any kind of reconsiderations, renegotiations come up, or not? I, I expect the reason Disney wants to buy them is to get these contracts for these things that are coming out, and and keep going with them. But you know that. Every company goes through a point of like, hey, uh, we really like this project you're working on, except not anymore. So it's going to stop <laughs> and and you go find a new job. You go find a new job now. Yeah. It, it obviously, it's happened to Disney on projects as big as Star Wars films, but it happens everywhere. And so certainly things can break down. I don't think that that's what they're going in trying to do. While we make a big deal over the acquirement of the properties that they no longer own or the rights to make films of like X-Men and Fantastic Four and stuff, realistically, they, they want Fox for a lot of reasons. And I'm sure that this will be something that they get their hands on and go, wow, we've got a, a contract with Guillermo and he's going to keep making the kinds of movies that he already makes that are all fantastic. Yeah, let's keep doing that. And if he wants to work on any of our projects at the same time, when he's already established a relationship with us, let's see what we can do. What would a Dagobah set movie be like with Guillermo doing it in Star Wars land? You know, or or what would he do as far as monster creation for the Star Wars package overall? Like, yeah. this is a guy who's really let his imagination just bleed out on screen, and it's always just beautiful. So, yeah, there's a lot of potential there. Yes, and, and if they get the rights to Hellboy, I don't know. I don't know how that works, but still. Yeah, so 
the final bit of news before we get on to the rest of the show is that the CW has renewed 10 series, including Arrow, Flash, Supernatural, and Riverdale. Now, one of them that's on this list that I just have to go, the fuck, is Dynasty. I've not watched an episode of Dynasty, so this is me judging without seeing a single thing. But the previews, all like every all, every episode preview I see reminds me of Melrose Place, the Melrose Place reboot, and the 90210 reboot, both of which sucked. Uh, um, well, yeah, and the Dynasty did not do well at the beginning of the season, but I guess their numbers yep. picked up when they added Nicole Sheridan. Yeah, I don't um, know if it was specifically her, but sh- her coming in seemed to uh, improve things. Nicola Sheridan was from the show on ABC uh, a few Desperate years ago. Housewives. Desperate Housewives. And, and, and other stuff before that. I, I'm surprised too, but I hadn't been paying attention to the numbers. And again, like uh-huh. most of the CW content, not for me. Yeah. Not not really grabbing my interest as it is. But if it if it picked up, good, then it picked up. That means that they they feel like the audience showed up for it that they wanted. It's got to be better than some of the others that they've been going with like life sentence. Well, <laughs> okay, okay. I I So, the other shows that have been uh renewed, um Arrow, The Flash, DC's Legends of Tomorrow, Supergirl, Black Lightning, Supernatural, Riverdale, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend and Jane the Virgin. I'll make up the list, which this means that 80% of their new season is already locked in. And this is including them adding two hours of programming on Sundays. Yep. Um, and I just want to say, while I have not kept up with the show for, for reasons like you were talking about earlier, super happy that they renewed Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Yes. Because that is that is the little show that should, not just yeah. could, but like people should be paying attention to it. I should be paying more attention to it. Oh no, definitely. Uh, because it, it is so well done and and it's exciting to see that they're they're keeping that going. Yeah. The only ones that are on the bubble to use terms from back when we did starts and stops are the shows I Zombie, The 100 and Life Sentence. And then you, as well as the person who wrote this Bleeding Cool article, which let me go up here and check. Did you write write this article? Oh, is your name Dan Winkline or Wickline? Because he shares the same thing of, I wouldn't hold my breath or I wouldn't bet on life sentence. But at the same time, I'm like, I like life sentence. It's this cute little show. Right. You but know? it's not getting viewers. I know. And, I, and I'm probably not the demographic for it, but I mean, it's. I don't know. I, I like the idea. I like the idea and I like how they're executing it. And it would be a shame if they, you know, if it, if it does get canceled, start watching life sentence. Damn it. That's basically what I'm saying, <laughs> but no. Yeah. So, I mean the, and I actually have to check, I want to check on uh supernatural because I think supernatural might still be the one show to be, uh, to be from the, the WB, the WB days. I believe so. It is certainly the longest running show of the CW yeah. network uh, going into its 14th season and still supposed yeah. to be getting a spinoff next season with uh, Wayward Sisters. Yeah, it well. it came in on the WB for the first season um, of it. It was, you know, so it was in the endings of the WB and then the 
you know, it came over to. Yeah, because I think Jared uh, came from Par- Smallville. Like, into yeah, this. he was. Yeah, he played. Um, oh, who did he play? He played um, Lana, or no, not Jared Padalecki. Um, uh, Jensen Ackles. Oh he, right, sorry. Yeah, he played white guy jock. It was it was something close to that Smallville. Uh, Jason <laughs> Jason Teague. Right. Um, he, he that, played the, the, the love interest for Lana. Nobody should ever forget Jason Teague from Smallville. The character is so popular he wasn't in the comics. Uh, <laughs> it was. It was. He was. He was a love interest for 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 Lana, and I, I remember he wasn't Lana's love interest. He was Clark's barrier. That's yeah. all he was. He was just something to be the the obstacle in Clark's way for that first season. Uh, until it's like no, it wasn't first season. Uh, it wasn't first season. It was uh, later on because the first season was some douchey, douchey McDouchebag. Um, I believe they were all douchey McDouchebags. Yeah. But um, uh, Jason T came in as in season four. Oh Jesus! Um, yeah, because it was some other little. Hey, I'm a jock, and I'm going off to the military here in season one. And yeah, sorry, I I, I watched a while back ago the uh, season finale of season one just to get into season two of Smallville. But yeah, no. So Supernatural, it's you know 14th season, um, which really goes for its record 14th season. Which yeah, it's you know it's so long that it's lasted longer than the network itself, and all. Yep. <laughs> uh, but and Arrow's returning for its seventh. Flash and Jane the Virgin will be on their fifth. Uh, Legends, Supergirl, and Crazy Ex Girlfriend are back for a fourth season, uh, fourth time. And then uh, Black Lightning and Dynasty will both be getting a second season. So honestly, with this whole list, I'm you know I'm excited for it. I I still enjoy all the shows that are there for what they do. The only one I've sort of, I don't want to say given up on, but I probably will catch, you know, bits and pieces of would be arrow. All the other shows, um, all the other, you know, the DCW shows as Tom Merrick uh, coined for us, you know, when he was on, I have like, like I have hopes for it's when they get dark where I'm like, and I got to bow out. I, I, I don't want to do the dark and gritty all day. So I'm excited for this. If anything else, it just means I, my summer is going to be busy catching up on these shows through Netflix, um, like I need to do for Crazy Ex-Girlfriend and Jane the Virgin. And I seriously hope that Life Sentence gets picked up for a second season, just because I feel like there's more story that they could tell there. Well, I imagine that it will if it suddenly becomes about a post-apocalyptic world. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, that is going to do <laughs> uh, do it here for us, or for the news, and we will be right back. And we are back, and it is time for the Else Views. This is the portion of the show where we talk about the TV shows or movies, video games, comic books, music, whatever is on our nerdy little hearts that we want to get a little bit deeper into. So I've got two TV series, two, two, two well, yeah, technically two TV series that I want, Sirai? Whatever the plural of series is that I want to talk about. I'm going to talk about one first. Then if you have one, we can put yours in the middle and we could sandwich my TV shows between whatever you were going to bring us. I was going to say meaty goodness, but I'm like, uh, probably shouldn't. Um, but yeah, so the first one is Portlandia. Portlandia has come and gone. And good God, I love, they went out with a bang. Um, this last season, 
was amazing. I loved the episode where they had uh, John Mulaney and Nick Kroll's characters. The you know the oh hello. I don't guys. because I can't stand Portlandia. Well, <laughs> no, no, but these these guys were not on Portlandia. I don't know. Then they, they were well. They were on. They were from uh, Kroll Show, and then they did the. They have the Netflix special Oh Hello on Broadway. They met up with two of the Portlandia characters. That was brilliant. Um, the final episode, the series finale, with Kyle McLaughlin's the mayor coming or you know relieving his duty to someone uh to this other this other lady so he can you know get his his uh marathon route in portland in portland to look like the the, uh the portland row or a rose because they are the rose city and like the ending of that was was beautiful you know very poetic If, if you're a fan of the show obviously i mean if you can't stand the show then you know whatever um you ain't gonna you ain't gonna fucking like it I'm pretty sure that mm-hmm. I've I've come to terms with I don't like Fred Armisen. And yeah. I don't like his brand of humor. I, I just I can't get into his stuff. And and my wife kept watching Portlandia and I'm I'm like, Do you like the show? And she kept saying, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I feel like that's that's sort of what it is, is she she kept watching it thinking that she's supposed to like it. Yeah. And she couldn't figure out that she did not like it as she watched it and <laughs> and she just had to but but it's but it's good though, right? It's a good show, which I think <laughs> is so Portland anyways of like I'm watching yeah. the show because it's supposed to be good. everyone tells me how good this is, so I'm watching it convincing myself that it's good even though I despise it inwardly. This is yeah. the the definition of a hate watch to me. is is not even the hate. It's it's just the the radical indifference of I'm watching it, trying to fight the nausea that's forming inside of me because it physically makes me sick to my stomach, having to sit through it. But I'm convinced that I'm getting something from it that is not actually there. Yeah. It's it's like eating stuff that looks like it's made from a, a high end. Italian restaurant, like one of those three Michelin star chefs made it, but it's secretly they like switched the meal with McDonald's and didn't fucking tell you at like those taste of choice commercials. It's like, hey, we secretly switched all these people's high brand coffee with taste of choice to make them look like assholes in this commercial. That that's <laughs> it it's essentially like that. Is like yeah. here's a show, all the the fucking tickers go off of like it's got this great thing, and here's this cool actor and and all this funny stuff over here and you're like yeah 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 what someone's shoving a finger up my ass because this is really uncomfortable of how much i'm not enjoying this or if you enjoy a finger up the ass you may well and and that's and i get that but at the same time because i'm like where i like fred armison on snl and i i enjoyed portlandia i love portlandia I did you didn't... see the snl the other week with uh bill Hader? yeah I love yeah. that, that episode of SNL. I I liked a lot of it. I love Bill Hader. Yeah. It, and and that's that's a problem. Because the opening sketch, not the, the cold opening that they do and everything, but the opening the sketch they do the Californians, which is the fucking skit I was already sick of 
two years before they fucking left the show. Mm-hmm. And then they have to bring that piece of shit back. They have to have Fred come over so they can do this goddamn skit. And I'm like, holy shit, this was never good. So it's not a treat to have this be the returning point of here's Bill Hader coming back. And great, Bill Hader's back. It's not like fucking omelet bill or, or something that when Justin comes on or, or the Barry Gibb talk show, no, it's the Californians, which is always just repetitive piece of shit sketch from day one. Never funny. We're all going to look in the mirror now. Shit. Fuck no. And they open the show with that so many fucking times. It's like, this is not a reward for me tuning in for this guy. This okay. pisses me off. This pisses me yeah. off. But at the same time, it is one of those. And yes, uh, check off the boxes. We have reached maximum Corey Rand. Um, but it's it's one of those things that you it, uh, like for you. It's an unfortunate thing that Bill Hader. You know, he's this is going to be one of those sh- you know, one of those shows that or one of those sketches that whenever he comes back to host SNL, they will probably do the Californians. You know, much like, because that's, I mean, honestly, for me, it's not the, the Californians that I want him to do. It's Stefan. Yeah, which he did, which was great. Yeah. Yeah. That was a great bit. It's, you know, the, you know, doing the Stefan sketch. I love that they brought out John Mulaney. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's unfortunately, it's that. And then depending on who else they could get, it would be doing uh, what's up with that where he's, but even then he plays such a bit character in that. Yeah, he's he is a bit character in that. I I would have preferred to see the guy with the puppet in the the uh, group of people like the the Vietnam puppet, and he like makes a puppet talk all the time and the smoke's oh, yeah, coming yeah. out of its mouth. I, that was a way funnier bit to me. Or anything to do with Vincent Price would be fun. Uh, the, he's got such better stuff, but it was just I think it was a matter of like, well, you know, Fred Armisen's in the building because uh, <laughs> we let him in once and he doesn't fucking go away. So, <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, anyways, like I said, Portland is it's over. Yeah, it's it, it, done. Yeah, so Thank Corey, you, so Corey's excited. Corey can go suck a dick. Um, but no, well, I have to make sure it's vegan if I'm watching <laughs> Portlandia. <laughs> but no, in, in all honesty, as a, again, as a a fan of the show, I'm glad that they left here because the the show for me never got stale it never got you know like okay we're having the you know the same episode same episode same episode if anything it did what a lot of uh, of shows that i watch from england do where i'm like because i watched um i very rarely watched them you know as they aired you know thursday night 10 p.m um because i was always doing something else and by that i have no idea what i would be doing at thursday nights at 10 p.m oh wait i was doing the else nerds so I would always watch it, you know, later on, and then I'm like, wait a minute, is this the end? Is this was was that it? Because it seems like I would have seen all these other, like I would have seen more promotion for the fact that it was ending, like you know, it was the final, you know, the final episode because this has been IFC's biggest hit, you know, for a long time. I think honestly, right now, the next one is going to be Brockmire. Because and actually with, with Portland, I mean, even then it was tied up there with uh, Comedy Bang Bang, because you know everyone was you know, Comedy Bang Bang so awesome, and, and I enjoyed Comedy Bang Bang too. But at the same time, it's like I don't really know what else IFC has to to back itself. You know, they've got you know they've 
they've got Brock Meyer and they've got um was that Stand Against Evil, but I think that's really it. It wasn't the Marin show on that channel. Uh, M- Mark Marin ended too. Mark Marin ended last year. Well, he's still in his house. Is he? Like legitly yeah. legit. I, I looked it up. It is not expensive. It's it's a nice home. I, I'm yeah. trying to think of where it is. If it's in the LA area, I think it's about seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars. And it's uh it's maybe a two bedroom, but one of the bedrooms is pretty much just the size for an office. It's not very big. Yeah. But it's beautiful. And in it's got the garage that has the whole studio and stuff in it. I don't know how much this stuff is staying, but it's for something that there's a picture in the garage of the president sitting in there. It's pretty damn cool. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I was like, shit, you know, that's a that's a decent buy. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, so I don't know. I don't know what what IFC has from here. You know, I, I and I, like I said, I am sad that Portlandia is go- going, but I am glad that they're going now because you know, on both sides, you know, uh, Kerry Brownstein and Fred Armisen are busy doing other things. Kerry's doing transparent fred still has documentary now on ifc which is you know is a is a really good show did you like that did you like documentary now or is it i can't even work up the interest to watch it yeah because i mean honestly for me that one i think you would like a little bit more because of the fact that it has that it has bill Hader. because yet, like, yet- like i said i i love bill Hader. But it it's 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 kind of like Reese's the, the you got your chocolate in my kick in the balls, and uh, I I really like chocolate, but you you can't add enough chocolate to overpower the taste of the kick in the balls. Yeah, uh, it just it's it's too much ball kicking for my palate. Okay, so do you got something you want to share with us, or shall I do my other one? <laughs> do you need me to rant about anything else? Uh, hey, so. My wife came home from a very busy, exhausting day of work on Saturday uh, retail. You know how it is. And yep. she she texted me a couple hours before she left work. And she said, I'm really tired. I'm going to need a couch bed, which is basically you make up the couch like a bed. You put down a, a base blanket and then you put her big comfy blanket on it and get her comfortable pillows on there and set it all up. So she'll be able to lay down and relax. And you, you put a soda out for her and snacks and, and just kind of like make it so she can relax. She gets home and she says to me, I really want to watch Seinfeld. Can you, do you have them on the Plex or can you get them for the Plex? Now, I, there's like 10 seasons of Seinfeld, which is not a a favorite show of mine anyways, either. It doesn't taste good with chocolate. Let's put it that way. But I was like, yeah, I could probably get Seinfeld for the Plex. Or I could do this thing that I've been talking about doing for a long time and haven't worked up the the reason to until now. I signed up for Hulu. Did the 30-day free trial. Started this weekend. She got to sit there and watch a bunch of Seinfeld. Uh, a couple of days later, she discovered that the Adventures of Gumball are on there, so she's all excited about that. And uh, I spent the weekend watching the entire first season of Future Man. Yeah. And a little bit of WKRP in Cincinnati, which is a show that I grew up with. They only have the first season of it. I I sprung, well, not sprung yet because, it's like I said, it's still the trial, for the no commercials version, which we know has been way back in the day. My biggest complaint about the whole who who thing is I don't want to pay for a service 
where I'm also getting commercials or pay for a service where I'm not supposed to get commercials, but then still get some commercials. Like I need a truly non-commercial thing if I'm going to pay for this shit, which is quite the premium going from the $7.99 to the $11.99 for that. But pretty much was the only way I was going to do it. Yeah. And I feel like they've probably improved how their commercials run on their stuff from what they used to be like, where it would just interstitially throw in. But I don't want to see if it's the you get the same commercial three times in a row shit you do like you did back then. Overall, the content I'm still kind of exploring is seeing what's there. I, I definitely put a lot of stuff into my queue. I like that we have our individual queues. So I've got one that's Corey. She's got one that says Aaron. So this stuff doesn't have to mix. So I don't have to go through what I've gone through with Netflix, which is all of our horror movies keep showing up as suggestions to me on Netflix. And I'm like, man, I don't want to watch this until I have to. I like other things, but Corey Scott, ladies and gentlemen, Corey Scott, the host of podcast of terror. Yeah. I sometimes <laughs> watch horror movies, but not all the fucking time. I have a life. I have other things that I like to not watch as well. Uh, Cause I would be pissed if I had to fucking suggestion to Portlandia on there. So the interface and the suggestions kind of still a little not right. Like if you go and you you search, it, it's it's broken up by categories. You have to actually sub search for everything if you want to look further. But if you go into the category and it shows you like the eight shows that it suggests for that category and you back up, it takes you all the way back to the beginning. And you kind of have to start all over again for every single search. And it it's a dick move. It, it seems like they should be a little bit more advanced than that. The discovery aspect of it is not good because there's, like I said, only eight shows per category. There's probably about eight categories. So you're at a limit of about 64 suggestions, and some of them are repeated in the different categories, too. Their movie section is not much of anything. So it really, the Hulu presence is just TV shows. And while there is some shows that are originals, it's a lot of stuff that you would normally see on TV or have seen sometime in your life. Like the WKRP I was really excited about, really bummed out that it's only a first season. Not even the the first four seasons or the original series, let alone the series that came out in the 80s, the return to WKRP. That, that bugs me because I don't know if those shows are somewhere else. And that's just what it is, is that like, is it on Amazon or something? Because I'd like to watch the whole thing. Right now I'm exploring it as much as I can but I still feel like Netflix is a far better value. Yeah. So on the Hulu front, on the advertisement front, because I am play, paying for the seven ninety nine uh, limited commercials, as they say, um, with the commercials that give you just about enough time to take a pee break, you know, to you know run out, you know, either you know run out, go make yourself a sandwich, you know. Re up on probably not enough time for me to pee. I'm near fifty. Well, you know, run, run out, go make yourself a sandwich. You know, go refill. You know, whatever you know, you might need to be have refilled and come Write back. Write hate letters to Fred Armisen. Yeah, yeah, you, you know the normal things you do during commercial breaks. But then the only places I've seen it where the commercials and the commercials have been more diverse. It's not like it's the Cartoon Network app where it repeats the same commercial for a game you're already playing. Cartoon Network Matchland or Steven Universe because hey that's coming back out it's like oh well what about these other shows that you do no 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 Steven Universe Steven Universe well I'll that. be honest with you when I watch the Cartoon Network regularly uh -huh. it's the same goddamn commercials over and over again on that too 
Like the oh, amount yeah. of times that I see the Sonic commercials with Ellie Kemper, uh, who I, I adore. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But it's just like the same two commercials. Every commercial break. It's like, here's the first one. Next commercial break. Here's the next one. And then back to the first one again, the next commercial break. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so the commercials on Hulu have definitely improved. Um, The only only real complaint I have is, and again, I, I'm going to echo on what you said. I don't know if it's like deals that it's on other networks, you know, on other services like like an Acorn t- uh, Acorn.tv, but with is with some of the British stuff. Because that's where it's uh, the British programming and the animes are where it's what's really going to separate between, you know, Netflix and Hulu and all that stuff. Um, Because in all honesty, Hulu has a much better way for you to watch it as dubbed or subbed. Where Netflix, to give an example has a i believe it's an academy nominated film called my life as a zucchini where they only have the french version they don't have the english version that i could go buy on dvd at my work that has nick offerman and ellen page and you know all these other phenomenal english actors or you know american actors and now it's like oh yay whatever so one of the shows that i watch is travel man and it puts weird commercial breaks in there because travel man is very simple because of how it's, you know, with, over in the UK with how they can do commercials. It's you got part one commercial break part two. That's it over the course of a, of a half hour episode. Well, Hulu decides that it's going to throw in an extra commercial break or two. And so it sort of fucks things up and I'm just like, come on, fix this. You know, it's not that hard, you know, especially since they go, you know, and and later on they go coming up in part, in part two, you know, after this and they go travel, like the logo travel man. It's like you cut there, not later, not earlier there. But yeah, Hulu, I, I still do enjoy it. I mean, I find myself watching TV shows through that a little bit more than through Comcast. But that's also because I'm not I don't have the DVR through Comcast, um, which I think you don't you still have the DVR, right? Yeah, I actually just had to replace my Comcast box in the last two weeks, which they I was surprised that a bunch of my stuff from the DVR transferred over to the new box, but not everything. So it's a little yeah. weird. It's like some of the stuff sits on their servers, I guess. But some of the older stuff like that was the other good thing about getting Hulu is I was in the midst of watching Atlanta, but I hadn't made it through the whole first season yet. And now I'm missing that those episodes for my DVR, but they're on Hulu. They're available. Yeah. And I mean, it's some of the movies on the movie side. It's a little tricky because they're playing. What I found is a lot of them or a good chunk of the movies are also available on Amazon Prime. Um, but then they do get some of the, you know, the streaming exclusive streaming rights for some really good uh, movies. Like I believe Detroit is um, exclusive, streaming ex- exclusively on Hulu. But yeah, it's Hulu does offer some pretty good stuff. It's but again, it's that you know your price may vary. Um, I I honestly think you know doing if you needed to jump down to the commercial version 
it wouldn't be that bad because I mean, I, I don't know how the commercials would be out there in out there in California, but for here, I mean, occasionally we get local stuff in there. I'm like, wait, what? How did we have the auto shop here in our commercials on Hulu or Consumers Energy? Well, Consumers Energy, I get because that's like the only power people here in Michigan that advertise in there. And there's there's enough repetition to where you don't it's not like it used to be where it was now here's the Xanax commercial and here's oh and here's the Ready Player One commercial. The only commercial that's been repeating has been Isle of Dogs. That's been it. Everything else has been, you know, a different commercial every break. And it's only been like Isle of Dogs is in maybe every other break, not necessarily like all the breaks. Like, oh hey, now here's Hey, the, the show is brought to you by Isle of Dogs, in case you didn't notice this. And stuff like that. But yeah, I don't know. But, so Hulu is what you're recommending? I don't know if I'm recommending it so much. I'm experimenting with it to see. So far, it's it's worth the trial. Yeah. And it may be something that I stick with for a couple of months to get through a few things. I don't know about the long term of it, at least not as a continuous. It may be... A we drop Hulu after a certain period of time and go and check something else because I'm not since I'm still a cable subscriber. The idea of having Hulu to watch the shows the day after they air on like CW or any number of other stations because I am a cord cutter. Yeah, that doesn't really apply to me. I am someone who still DVRs the shows on TV. I'll have to see if the experience of while I'm watching atlanta or while i'm gonna catch up on legion season one to start watching legion season two i'll have to see if i get through that first season and then continue to watch the new episodes on hulu or if i just watch them off the dvr if if the experience is different i mean on the hulu conceivably the commercials will be cut out and i want to fast forward through them but is that really that big of a deal if you did our experience if, yeah if you did the hulu live tv the only complaint i've i've heard with like the hulu no, i don't mean TV. the live tv i mean the watching the episodes yeah as the series show up on hulu yeah i'm not i'm not subscribing to their tv service yeah yeah no yeah like i, I get that now because and, and i th- i think here's the other part the, the excited that i would even say is hulu would be okay if you didn't have a dvr with your cable subscription like, like right. we don't like we don't hear we don't have the DVR and all that stuff. So, but I we have the on demand. We can watch all the stuff on demand, and it's basically like it is like it is DVR'd from the night before. You know, whenever it aired in that past week. Um, and then if we go if we wait a little longer, it's the reduced commercial version. But yeah, I mean, I I enjoyed Hulu. Definitely check out because uh, you can you can now check out Marvel's Runaways. Yeah, that's my that's my yeah. cue. Gosh, there's a bunch of other shows. One other show that will be there soon ish, I think maybe. Um, I don't know. It's weird because it's Cartoon Network, and it's the their newest show, Craig of the Creek. So this is sort of a tag team with the other one, um, with the other show that they had, um, Apple and Onion, which I did research on that one a little bit, and you know it's got all great cast on apple and onion you know paul shearer's in there richard iowati's on there but then they were advertising this other show craig of the creek and i'm like well this seems interesting and then i they advertised 
with uh, some of the people from Steven Universe. Well, I love Steven Universe. It's a great TV show. Um, it's the their storyboard artists, I think, or storyboard editors. They created the show Craig of the Creek, and it's about the the main character Craig, and he as he goes um, after school on adventures with his two best friends Kelsey, who is voiced after episode two by Noel Wells. And JP, um, who I do not know who he is voiced by, as they go on adventures in the neighborhood um, Creek, um, which they have it, it's over exaggerated, like Codename Kids Next Door over exaggerated things, where it's like this big, long, it's almost like a river as opposed to a creek. But there's all these different territories and stuff. They've had six episodes out that they've aired or, or are available through the Cartoon Network app. And some of the episodes are really good, like just like really touching as opposed to just, oh, this is great for kids, but just like, all right, this is uh, like the one of the earlier episodes. Oh, also, uh, Craig the Creek features Terry Crews playing Craig's dad because one of the episodes, Craig just wants to map out um, the creek, the whole area with uh, including all the different monuments and you know places named after people who've done great things. And he notices a blank spot in the middle of the ring of poison ivy. You know, it's like this big old circle that has poison ivy. So they decide that they're going to explore it by getting, basically, you get less protection going into the upside down and the hazmat suits than what they had. <laughs> like they just have on these full on white suits, duct tape, you know, masks and all this stuff as they're walking through these, what, what do they say, five backyards uh, wide they, they measure everything in backyards in the show, which is just cute because it's, you know, it's how kids would do things, would measure stuff. It's how I would measure stuff when I was there, um, when I was that age. Get to the middle and they find a trampoline and they find that a uh, this one kid who does not have an allergic reaction to, to poison ivy, this is his quiet place because no one goes to it because, well, it's poison ivy. You go in poison ivy, you get itchy. You get itchy, you got to leave the creek. And so he's like, they're like, oh, well, what do we call it? Do not enter. That's what we call it because you know, we where we did make the discovery, we're going to let him have it because this is his quiet place. Um, but yeah, it's a really great show. I actually, I think new episodes air on Fridays. So it's one of those, but yeah, it's definitely one of those, you know, catch it. It'll be, I think it'll be on Hulu later this year, maybe because they usually wait for like a season to finish up before going through and it's in typical cartoon network fashion it's only 15 minutes ish an episode yeah the the short episodes it it just it's easy to pop content around whenever they need to to fill which is fine and i don't know if it's necessarily short attention span but it works that way too well it's it's i see this working especially with the cartoon network app which i've been doing a little bit more on um my roku because to let people in on the goings on behind me here on my TV, I do not have the cable box anymore because we got a TV for the living room. So the cable box that was here is now out there. And I use my Roku as my cable box because of the Comcast beta app. Well, I, I have some pro- issues with their interface. So sometimes if I'm just like wanting to watch something over, that's why I, I think I favor a little bit more on Hulu for the, especially for the on demand stuff. Uh, basically, I'll use Comcast, the Xfinity app for live watching of shows, you know, like like set appointment time uh, uh, things. 
but then I will go into the Cartoon Network app and they start you up right away with the your My Mix deal where it plays shows that you favorited and they throw in some other ones that you might like, as they say. And where that's really where the 15-minute thing come, kicks in because you can go from shows like Teen Titans to uh, We Bear Bears to uh, you know all these different shows in there where over the course of like three hours you've experienced you know like 10 different series and and find it enjoyful you know you know be like oh i never you know i never heard of this we bear bears let's you know let's check out more of it or you know i've never heard of this apple and onion or whatever you know the show might be that you you would be discovering on there so that is going to do it for the else views we will be right back and we're back and it is time for the else words this is the main discussion point of the show the big topic that we think we're going to talk the most about and this week we have from the hollywood reporter that creator uh, blackish creator kenya barris is set to leave the his ab studios deal citing creative differences and from how this article puts it it sounds like a lot of it is he's had great you know ideas that he's felt have been great I think over the course of the past, he's uh, he signed in 2014 or 2017 a four-year deal, so he would be you know up until 2021, I believe, is when it would would run out. But he's had like over the past year, he he tried to get uh, you know push out like you know five different pilots, and only one of them got picked up. That being the spinoff of blackish called grownish and even then it didn't get it got moved from abc to uh freeform which i feel is perfect fit for the show you know it's a lot better over there than it would be on abc but they say you know the sources say that's because it's skewed too young well duh it's about the teenage girl and so in in the, in the article they talk about quite a bit of the other things there um, was the incident last month where there was a very politically minded episode of blackish and they couldn't come to an agreement as to some of the direction of the show. So they wound up not airing the episode. And that to me feels like a big reason as to why someone might want to step away from the show that they're working on is when you start to deal with interference from the network on your content, uh, that, it's not always bad to have that that kind of second say of like, hey, we don't really think this is either the right time for this or we don't think this is the right direction for what we want to air on this network. But that as a creator, you just kind of go, well, is that something that I'm comfortable with going forward? Am I always going to be second guessing what I'm writing or producing for them to try to make an episode fit their ideas as opposed to my ideas? They hired me as a showrunner. I expected to have a little bit more call on the show as it comes out. So you were questioning before we started the show if this was an accurate story or if it was just rumors. And certainly there's there's reasons to to want to explore further as to the the validity of this. Yeah. But Hollywood Reporter, I don't think puts out a lot of fake stories. They can certainly 
find things, uh, be have stuff said to them and then find out later on that it's either not true or only partially true or that kind of thing. I, I don't question their integrity on the story. And, and they do say that while they're hearing from multiple sources, it doesn't necessarily mean they've gotten confirmation from anybody like the people themselves who either work on the show or ABC. But it sounds so legitimate as to the reasoning. Yeah. Uh, if not the, the actual breakup. And well, we're, we're a few months past Shonda Rhimes leaving ABC to go work at Netflix. And the guy who Ryan, did... Uh, yeah, Ryan Murphy. Ryan Murphy going and to Netflix. And, and as I was saying earlier, we're at a point where the content, there's just so much necessary to fill all of these different places that it's almost ridiculous not to want to reshop around when you have the opportunity. And especially if you're having creative differences at the same time, it's like, yeah, I'm in a good place, have a really good relationship with, with NBC or whatever. So why would I want to go looking around any place else? You don't know what's out there, but I'm happy with where I am. And I have freedoms expressed to me that the creative freedoms to do certain things and stuff that I might not get somewhere else. And I come in every day and I see Dave and Dave and I are friends and, and it's all cool. But when you don't have that or when you feel like you're losing that. Yeah, then you're a hot creator. You you do have two shows that are on air right now. One of them is a big hit. There's no question that Blackish itself is going to be renewed this season. I expect Gronish is going to do well enough to get renewed over. Gronish on has yeah, Gronish has already been renewed and for a bigger season than what season one has. Yeah, so that's a perfect time that if you don't feel like you're going to have the best situation going forward, that you say, yeah, you know, I'll I'll see who else is out there. Yeah, I I feel like he's doing this more because of the fact that, so we we look at some of the other shows they talk about in here that he's, you know, attempted to create. There was the, you know, as as it says, Garnish was one of three projects Barris developed for ABC in 2017. Um, the politically themed family comedy Libby and Malcolm starring Felicity Huffman and Courtney B. Vance was a script from Barris and it was considered a front runner to go to series given its timely premise of two political, politically divided pundits who fall in love. ABC passed. Then there was the pilot for that had Tony Collette starring in there. So, you know, big name people doing, you know, involved in this called Unit Zero which was a passion project for uh, Barris, who described it as the, quote, the type of drama I love doing. It pulls back the curtain on what it's like to be a woman in a historically male-dominated field, and it's shown, or, and it shows underrepresented voices that also did not get picked up. Then there was the third one, and the one that I feel like probably was that final little, you know, little push, they originally handed out a straight-to-series order for a family comedy written by Barris with Alec Baldwin attached to executive produce and potentially star. Baldwin exited the multi-camera uh, comedy after reading the script, and the series was downgraded to a pilot before ultimately being rolled off-cycle after trouble casting a lead of his caliber. Sources say the project may never see the light of day. Uh, meanwhile, the Barris produced single camera comedy Bright Futures, landed at another network, ABC, 
or NBC for a late season pilot order. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it sounds like he's got like all the executives over at ABC see him for is for the ish family, the blackish grownish, you know, that little universe that they have there. Meanwhile, Netflix, which I mean, obviously Netflix is, is able to take more risks and all that. I mean, because I mean, for God's sake, they renewed Hemlock Grove a couple times. And Barris is already involved over at Netflix. He's doing, he's written a script for a uh, Shaft reboot starring Samuel L. Jackson. Which um, Samuel L. Jackson already did a Shaft reboot. That's kind of weird to me. And New Line is producing that. He's also attached to rewrite the script to a reboot or to a sequel to Eddie Murphy's Coming to America. And both of these, you know, he's already written the movie Girls Trip. But yeah, so it's it seems like you know this is Netflix going, hey, or if this is true, and he goes does go over to Netflix, it should be like wherever he goes, whether it's Netflix, Amazon Prime, it would be weird for Hulu, but I mean, you know, you know, wherever he ends up, it's like, what else you got? We've seen this. What else do you have? And all that. Yeah, I I I don't think that there's any arguing that this guy's got the chops and and has a body of work that even goes before Blackwish. It's not like that was his first show. Are we at a point in time where we start to look at Netflix didn't just hire somebody to go and make content for them in a way it's I'm not going to call it poaching, but it does start to feel like there's a targeting of big name showrunners from these other networks and Netflix is going hard to get them like the Shonda Rhimes thing. When, when it was announced, it wasn't like in the hundred million dollar range or something. Yeah. Ryan Murphy was $300 million. Now I don't, I don't know that a Ryan Murphy is worth three times as much as the Shonda Rhimes, but I don't know. I don't watch either one of their shows. It's still like, is it just, we're willing to bank whatever we have to, to not only get new content for ourselves, but to not give that content to the broadcast networks. Because it, we're, we're looking at Amazon's putting a billion dollars into however many seasons they're planning to do of this Lord of the Rings series. Uh, there, there's some other stuff that they're putting out as well. A League of Their Own series is coming to Amazon. Uh, I'm not a huge proponent of telling us the same goddamn things we've already seen before. Uh, I would rather get new shows, and and Netflix to me is being more interesting because they're getting people. It's not like Shonda Rhimes is going to come over and do like the remake of Grey's Anatomy, uh, but <laughs> she she's going to do content that's similar. That's fine, but giving us new shows as opposed to redone stuff of, of things that we've seen, especially recently with Lord of the Rings. It, it, but it is like we just we want people to look at us in the same way and to subscribe to us in the same way as that they've gotten used to watching these TV channels for however many years. So we're just going to put all the money into it. And it's more about taking down the broadcast networks than it is making sure that you've got the best content around. I, I, I don't think that they're not expecting to get great content out of Barris, out of Rhymes, out of Murphy. 
But I do think that that's an extraordinary amount of money to put on any of them that is more about come over here than it is, oh, yeah, you make great shows. We'd love you to make great shows for us. It's don't make shows for them. It feels like that's the primary target. Well, just do a cord killer, cord killer uh, segment. I mean, I mean, I could, I could see that, but at the same time, I mean, you're, you're, we're talking about the, you know, the co-creator of America's Got or America's Next Top Model here, and and I honestly, I look at it like it very well could partially be that, you know, that Netflix is like going, hey, make you know, make make your cool shit over here, but I look at it as for someone like like you know kenya where you know he's coming up with different ideas you know for for abc which he already has a deal with them you know i think he has like a first look deal or something right right now with them and they're going all right and they get really promising on one because he's got alec baldwin attached on this and then alec baldwin backs out and then um hold on let's let's let's, let's get a pilot up here but let's, let's let's wait for a pilot before we we commit to anything and then that falls apart. I could see getting pissed off, you know, getting frustrated, getting pissed off and, you know, wanting out of my contract early to go, you know, to go do things at other places. I don't I don't see Baldwin, first of all, as being a huge draw. What's the last thing he did between now and when he was on 30 Rock? Uh, other than showing up as Trump on SNL. What is Alec Baldwin really doing? He's, he's done the match game. I I don't see the people are like screaming for the next Alec Baldwin series. I'm sure he'd do great, but yeah. is he really like, oh, well, we lost Baldwin. So that that's what we're banking. I guess to the network it was because they've got a development deal with him. That he's part of, of their network too. But yeah. it just seems like we, we could have found somebody equally is good um i don't know and, and maybe less temperamental yeah i don't know I, th- I think i think that was part of it was that but i look at this like because i mean i think it was the same thing with shauna rhymes you know like she was you know she's probably come up with all these different ideas and they're like well well we want to fill out the thursday night lineup here you know with like these shows that you've been doing and all that. so can you give us more stuff like that can you give us these more dramas where everyone sleeps with everyone else and stuff like that and she's also had a couple of shows that turned into dogs really fast yeah you know yeah. that that one about the the woman whose boyfriend turned out to be a con man and then she chased him down that had the the woman from the killing not yeah the killing uh and and some other show i think recently didn't take off for her either it, but she was at the end of her contract it yeah. was it was a matter of uh, i i'm up for contract renewal and this is when people are courting me and Netflix swooped in and said, hey, we are really interested in having you. Ryan Murphy, same thing. Contract up. We're going to swoop in, pick you up, take you away, like not even let other people bid with the crazy amount of money we're going to throw at you. If Barris breaks his contract and then Netflix picks him up, or if he breaks it conceivably to go to Netflix, which is not been reported that's this is speculation that's a different story one i i don't know how much i would be looking forward to working with someone who broke their contract to come get a better deal on the other hand you know it's it's a little david Chappelle, and 
he he just took off for a few years but came back and is doing just fine and netflix has a good relationship with him apparently <laughs> yeah so maybe there's a precedent set i don't know i i do still wonder like there's there's definitely hit shows on netflix but for the amount of content that they're trying to put in there are a lot of shows on netflix that get lost in the shuffle yeah that are perfectly fine shows and would probably have maybe a better chance of finding an audience on abc although things like the crossing uh i don't know that i have faith in abc to have that show happen and maybe it's better because it's on netflix to have something like you were talking about what's the one with um the guy from will and grace i was watching a travelers i think uh yeah. where the people come back in time it's kind of like a reverse quantum leap the fact that that's there on netflix i'm not rushing to watch it but I feel safe that it's going to be there, although they did kind of fuck me over on Sense8 a little bit. But when you see things like One Day at a Time, which everybody who watches it seems to think it's a really great show, but there aren't that many people actually watching it, and it's possible it's going to get canceled because it's not getting enough viewership on Netflix. Yeah, it's nice if you get that contract of like, hey, develop for us, develop for us, and then you put your shows on there and they don't do anything and so you kind of hang out in obscurity for a few years until your contract's up and then nobody's really interested in hiring you at the level that they would have before if you had an actual hit show on broadcast tv on commercial television yeah that's that's sort of my my worry mm -hmm. it, until at netflix has certainly proved itself better than hulu with their original content and even amazon with their original content uh, not that they haven't each had their their hits, but they haven't landed at such a high degree yet. It's still really kind of a an open frontier that is not fully fleshed out as to how the longevity of it is. And then we're looking at things like competitors of the possibility of Disney's streaming services when they come out. Mm -hmm. If CBS's streaming is actually going to mount anything past Star Trek. Who knows? It, there's just so much that's uncertain. It's both exciting, but it's scary. On the other hand, let's be honest. If I made $100 million, I'm not worried for the rest of my life. Yeah. Like, I may creatively say, ah, oh, damn, I, I should have gone and done this other thing. It would have been really creative, fulfilling. But I am in a bathtub full of gold bullion uh, just because and and feel it jingling my my testes in the glittery effect I, I that's cool i'll be okay i'll i'll be just fine i'll buy mark maron's house if i have to <laughs> from my coin purse if you get my drift yeah it, i also i like blackish i i don't want blackish to to lose what i value about it i don't know if he's been working directly on it as much uh, certainly, when he does, his his episodes get cut, so I don't know how much of it is on him. But I don't want to see Blackish and Gronish Gronish uh, go away, or or lose oh, yeah. the the magic that makes them. And a lot of that is their casts. I think their casts are terrific. Uh, that's a big reason why I watch it. But they give them great material too. Mm -hmm. I couldn't have said it better myself, honestly. Because honestly, I'm split with this with this article. Like it's part of me. I'm like, okay, yeah, if he's upset with the deal that he has over at ABC, you know, or at ABC Studios, 
then yeah, you know, break that contract because I mean, I'm coming at I come at it from a you know the professional wrestling fan standpoint. There have been numerous people who have complained and you know about the fact you know about how WWE has treated them and all that stuff, and so they go they they ask to, for their uh, release on their contract, and they're out you know touring the world you know, on, on, on the indie scene and they're making bank because they were on WWE for, you know, a month or whatever. Yeah. This is going from DC comics or Marvel comics to image or dynamite or something. And, and so there's the chance that your image book is huge, you know, that you, you land a, a saga, uh, or something of that equivalent, or there's the chance that your book is gone in six issues it's the same sort of deal seriously that is looking at anything is a risk when you're when you're signing contracts and stuff it's it's saying hey uh fuck you dollar general i'm gonna go work at target and then (laughs) target and target's like yeah you know what we work worse than dollar general i'm not saying that's the case i'm just saying that could have been and (laughs) you're gonna Um, have a horrible time here yeah i was like um what are you smoking that car but if, if Target gave you, you know, $50,000 up front to come work for them for that first year, uh-huh. you're like, um, yeah, I'll be miserable for the first year, but I'll be fine. Yeah, but I'll be miserable to to use a line from Silicon Valley. I'll be miserable in a Tesla. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I think that's just going to do it here for us. Um, You know, it's going to wrap up the show. and. You can contact us by leaving us a voicemail at 805-328-3966 or by emailing us mail at elsenerds.com. All subscription options can be found over at gncasts.com slash subscribe. And also, you go over there you, and you search on the social medias, you know, Facebook, Twitter, for Galactic Netcasts or Netcast, you will find all about the network, you know, all about the shows that, you know, all the other shows that are going on out there. You know, you can also follow us on Twitter. We're at else nerds and you can follow our, our producer, uh, Beatmaster. He is at Beatmaster 80. Uh, Sean can be found at S Burns PA and we need to get a hold of him because, you know, it's coming up to that summertime, that summer, summer, summertime, and hopefully he'll be able to join us a little bit more frequently. That'd be great. Right. Yeah. I miss Sean. Yes, and I can be found over on Twitter at that Gregor. A lot of my social media things are are that Gregor, including my Twitch, which I should be doing um, some here in this coming week because I've got time off and I'm almost caught up on comic books. Like, no, I'm, I'm dead serious on that. I am only a week behind. That's because I wasn't able to go to the comic book store to buy some comics where I'm not like, you know, having like 30 comic books and all that stuff. It's, you know, a little bit smaller. But yeah, that's twitch.tv slash that Gregor. Now I see on here a stifucast.com. What is that? What is stifucast? Stifu. Uh, Stifu is uh, the Stefan fancast uh, where we talk about Bill Hader without Fred Armisen uh, holding him back. No. Ta- talking uh, about, New York's, uh, about New York's hottest clubs. Yes. <laughs> You know, it's a thing like where they do that stuff. But I don't know. I don't know the stuff in bit that well. Uh, no, I, I. You know, it's, it's that thing where they they hold their, they, they put their your feet on their head. 
Uh, <laughs> Crowley says, Stafu, oh, bless you. Hey, no <laughs> blessings involved. Uh, we're doing a new show. I'm doing a new show with Nate and Brandon over on uh, Ink Geek Studios. And if you go to stfucast.com, the first episode, and before that, the sort of beta episode that turned into a first episode inadvertently, uh, are available now. You can find them in the feeds if you look up Solutions to Fix the Universe. It's basically advice, but indirect advice. Like, we're not giving advice to any particular person, and we're certainly not giving it about any particular thing because, like all of the shows that I'm on, it just veers into weird places. <laughs> but we start with a problem of the week, and we look to see if we can find a resolution for it by the end. And there's a lot of swearing and uncomfortableness, like you'd expect. So if you're interested, I I'd love it if you checked it out and uh, let us know what you think of it. So the final thing to be said is this has been a Don't Tell Glenn production. We will see you next week. Or, um. <laughs> I know I have a problem with saying, um. Galactic Network podcast, go to GNCast.com. That's G-N-C-A-S-T-S dot com. <laughs>